0: This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Sharp Spring Ads. If you are doing ad retargeting or you're thinking about doing it, you better stick around because I've got an amazing offer for you from Sharp Spring Ads. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is Dre Baldron. For the past 15 years, Dre, or Dre All Day as he's referred to, has changed the lives of over 75 million entrepreneurs, athletes, and business professionals, sold thousands of copies of his books, courses, and programs, and pioneered personal branding on his way to building an organization called Work On Your Game. Uh, I think to date, published about 27 books, hundreds of products. So Dre, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me, John. I'm excited to be here.
0: So you're journey or story is uh, one that I recommend everybody. I'm going to give the URL in our show notes. I recommend everybody go read. Just the journey, the story itself is inspirational, but maybe uh, just to set the context, you could, do you have the two minute version?
1: Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. So I come from the city of Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania. I live in Miami now, but I was always into sports didn't start playing basketball specifically till about the age of 14, which is pretty late for if you want to play in college, let alone pro. Yeah,
0: a lot of kids didn't already make have. My,
1: yeah, exactly. By that point, they have pro coaches, like trainers, right? So <laughs> I didn't make my high school team until I was a senior. Didn't really play that much that one year. Ended up walking on a Division three college, which anybody who doesn't know sports, D3 is the third tier. That's not, they don't even produce professional athletes. So finished college and wanted to play pro ball, but Given that background, I didn't have many pro prospects. So my first year out of college, didn't even play ball, didn't start playing pro till the year after graduation, after I went to an exposure camp, which is like a job fair for athletes, basically played my way into professional basketball through that exposure camp. And at the same time, when I started my career, this is 2005 for reference, I took the footage from that exposure camp and I put it on this brand new website called YouTube.com. And that is where I actually started a parallel career at the same time now that one on youtube i didn't know that was a career until about five years later when you could actually start making money from putting you no know, content on the internet for free because before that you were putting in content on the internet for free and called that a job you were a loser right so <laughs> you, that didn't become a business till about 2010. Yeah, so yeah. that's when i at the same time john i started creating my own products and services and that's kind of where i started my business work on your game while i was still playing professional basketball so these two lanes kind of overlapped at the same time that I was playing, I stopped playing pro ball in 2015, and now I do this full time. I basically help people bulletproof their mindset, and I do that through things like speaking, coaching, writing books, putting out content, creating products, et cetera. And that's what work on your game is all about.
0: Yeah, so two no, no, that's perfect. That's perfect. I, I wanted people to get yes. a play for that because it, it has a lot to do with, I think, where you are today. So right. super overcame a lot of limitations, and a lot of people would, would say that, certainly. What role do you think mm-hmm overcoming, having this dream, but oh, having to overcome a lot, what do you think, what role do you think that played in your ultimate uh, success?
1: That was everything, Joe. That yeah. was everything because listen, how many people do we know who have talent? Everybody has some amount of talent. How many people do we know who have been blessed with opportunity? Opportunity is pretty much everywhere depending on how you're looking at it. But what stops many people from making the most of their talent or taking advantage of opportunity is the fact that Either they don't recognize it because they're paying attention to the wrong things or they're they're unable to tap into their full talent simply because when there's a setback or a challenge or things don't quite work, uh, they either give up or they stop trying. They don't try as hard or they're not they're not so determined. They haven't made the decision that they're going to make it happen. So eventually a setback breaks them and they stop trying and then they settle for something less than what they could have been simply because they didn't have a mental toughness to keep going. So, for me, mental toughness is always the biggest thing.
0: Yeah. So the, the, probably the sadder case is the person that uh, doesn't really have that much talent, but they've been gifted the opportunity that, (laughs) that they sometimes anyway. So, so talk, talk to me a little bit about this term bulletproof their mindset. What does that look like?
1: Yeah. Well, bulletproof mindset is really about that mental toughness piece. It's about understanding that Things in life are not always going to work in your favor, no matter how good you are, no matter how much things, how many things you have set up in your favor. You will face a challenge of setback. There will come a time when things aren't working in your favor. Bad luck matters just as much as good luck. What are you going to do in those situations when things aren't working? Can you remain disciplined, meaning showing up every day and doing the work and confident, continuing to put yourself and your work out there boldly and authentically, even though being disciplined and confident has resulted in a setback? is resulting in things not working out. So the bulletproof mindset is is an approach, is a way of being. It's not a thing that you do. It's a way of being. It's a way of living. When you approach life with that bulletproof mindset, you are able to actually move obstacles out of your way. People will move out of your way when you have that bulletproof mindset. And it's not about being confrontational or being a nasty person. It's about having a mentality that where you're going. And even when you do face setbacks, it's the determination that you've already decided you're going to get there. So the setback is just it's kind of like the obstacle becoming the way, like the title of that book. The obstacle, be, obstacle becomes the way because you use that as a leverage to continue going to get to where you want to get to. Because John, as well as I do, that nobody wants to hear the story of the person whose life has all been perfect. Like everything <laughs> they try at work because nobody in the audience can relate to that. We all can relate to somebody facing a setback because we've all faced setbacks. So we want to know that you faced a setback and you were able to make it anyway. That's the part that matters. And only once you have created that success, that's when people want to know about your story. So that's what the Bulletproof Mindset is
0: about. So so you have achieved, people come to you today because you have achieved a level of success that a lot of them aspire to. But I'm guessing Mm -hmm. you're human. You had some really low points. Too. So, yeah. so 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 how did you keep believing in those low points,
1: man? The biggest thing in those periods there have been so many of them was just my competitive mentality, John. It's yeah. just it's not even so much competing against other people. I've never it's never been a situation in my life where I was angry at one specific person, or you know this coach is hating on me, or my parents don't believe in me, or this guy was talking trash to me on social media. It's never been like that. I never used that as really my main thing It's really competing against the situation, competing against the circumstance. So when I didn't play in high school, most of the time, even at one year I was on the team, I wasn't mad at any of my teammates who said, Hey, yo, you didn't really play that much because they were telling them the truth. They weren't lying. So I couldn't be mad at them. Or when I graduated from college and my parents were like, well, how are you going to play pro basketball? You don't have any prospects. You don't have an agent. You don't have a job offer. They were, that was the truth. I wasn't mad at them. They were just pointing out the actual facts. So for me, I wasn't competing against the people who were articulating reality. I was competing against the reality. So my competition has always been, I'm going to make the life that I want to have. It's kind of like, I believe it was George Bernard Shaw who said, people who don't see the circumstances that they want, they go out and they create the circumstances. So my mentality has always been, I'm going to create the kind of life that I want to live and I will shape circumstance to fit what I want, not, fit my, not shape myself to fit the circumstance. So that's always been my comp, my mentality.
0: So 15, 16 years ago was sort of the frontier of, of creating info products, at least online yeah. and selling them. So so you at that time had another job, another career. What gave you the yeah. idea to say, hey, I'm gonna take my experiences and turn them into products I can sell? Where, where did that come from?
1: It came from being an unemployed professional basketball player.
0: So, so it was <laughs> almost a means of saying, how can I make a buck?
1: Yes, that was part of it. Definitely. It was kind of two parts of it. So one was I found myself unemployed. I played a few places overseas, but then I didn't have a job. And people who don't know the sports world, there are players on the fringes more than there are players who are on the teams. So I found myself on the fringes at this point. I had just finished reading, you know, Tim Ferriss four hour work week where he was just talking about experiments to start businesses online and things like that. Again, early days, like you said. And I asked myself a really important question, John, because One thing I realized at that point, I'm in my late 20s, mid to late 20s at this point, and I'm like, well, I don't have control over my destiny. I don't have control over when I make money. So it wasn't necessarily that I needed a dollar that day. But I realized like somebody else is determining when I make money. And I didn't like that. Even as a professional athlete, even though it looks from the outside like all glitz and glamour, you're still working for someone else. Someone else determines your situation. So, I asked myself, how can I take control of this? And I asked, I tried to find the intersection of three specific things. Number one, something that I love to do and was actually really good at, which was basketball. Number two, somewhere where I had some talent that could kind of get me above the masses, that was being on the internet and computers. I've always been a kind of a computer geek, even though I was a pro athlete. And number three, how can I make money? So, I asked myself, how can I do all three? And the answer became, hey, Oh, now Google has bought YouTube. You can make money just by putting videos on YouTube. And I had a website. Hey, how about enhance this a little bit? You know, write more articles and just share more of your personal story. And that became a personal brand. This is before that was a cool thing to do. So it's not like everybody was already doing it. That was kind of early in that. And then it was create products and services because actually basketball players is where it started. They were just asking me for, hey, Dre, how can I train the way that you train? So someone one day in the comments on YouTube, believe it or not, said to me, Dre, why don't you just write down what you do and then just put it in a document and other people can do the same thing. And I said, okay, but y'all going to have to pay for that because I'm giving you value. And they said, all right, we'll pay as long as it doesn't cost too much. Now, I knew who I was talking to at the same time, John, because these players were me. They were me 10 years ago. So I, I know they don't have a lot of money, so let me charge $4.99 for these products. And that's exactly what we did. And we just sold those things in volume because I knew exactly who my audience was and exactly what they needed. So it was perfect timing.
0: So you mentioned uh, a couple authors already: George Bernard Shaw, mm-hmm. um, Ryan Holiday's "Obstacles of," is the way well, Tim mm-hmm. Ferriss. What do you? What, right. I'm I'm getting a reading as a sense of how you uh, do some personal development, but I'd love to hear a little bit about of what course. your own personal development journey is like.
1: Yeah, well, I didn't even know what personal development was until I was about 21. Yeah. So like, well, growing up. Did. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so growing up, my mother is an educator, so I was lucky in that sense. She was always big into her kids are going to be you know, on point academically, get an education, reading and writing. So my sister and I were both uh, probably ahead of the curve when it came to reading and writing before we even started school. My sister became, she's a year older than me, so I think she was a test case for my mom. She became the academic superstar. She went Ivy League school. She has all the degrees. And to this day, she's a professor at a college, so she was like the test case. Me, I think my mom let me slide a little bit more. I was more a mediocre student, not because I wasn't smart, because I just didn't try as hard as my sister did, but I still graduated. So it was around the age of, around age 21, I remember I got introduced to, someone brought me to a network marketing meeting, didn't even know what it was. And at that meeting, it wasn't even the product and the business side, I did learn a lot about business in there. But it was every meeting that people would always say, hey, when you leave the meeting, go to the table outside and get those books. And they were name dropping Jim Rohn and Brian Tracy and Napoleon Hill. And I'm like, who are these people? I never heard of them before, but they would say it every single time. And they kept using this phrase personal development. And I didn't know what it was. But when I heard it, it automatically made sense to me. Okay, these are things that you can do by yourself to become a more valuable person. I said that just made sense to me. So I had always been into those kind of books. Now John, you probably remember back in the days you know, before Amazon took over, when we go to the bookstores, that section of the store was called human psychology. They used to call it human psychology. Yeah. Then it morphed into self-help. And now they actually have a section called personal development. I was in a bookstore a couple of weeks ago. So it's morphed over the years to now everybody knows about it. And that's how I got into it. And when I realized what it was, I said, oh, so now even though school is over, I can still continue to get smarter. I can still continue to learn. And I had heard they said when people graduate from school, they never open another book for the rest of their lives. And again, as I said, I'm a competitive person. So how can I get ahead of everybody else? All right, all I had to do is open a book on my own volition. So that's why I really got into it. And now that's my whole business.
0: And now let's hear a word from our sponsor. Hey, if you're already retargeting with Google or Facebook, now you can use one platform, SharpSpring Ads to simplify the process double your audience and improve your roi and guess what i've got an amazing offer if you sign up for a free account with sharpspring ads they'll match up to one thousand dollars in ad spend check it out at duct slash sharpspring that's sharpspring ads at duct slash sharpspring so you coach individuals as well as uh, creating your products and, and and writing your books. What are some of the biggest right. mistakes you see people making? You know that come to you and say, "Hey, how do I how do I do what you do?" <laughs> the biggest mistakes you said? Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: The biggest mistake is they don't know who they are. It's really the biggest mistake that people make is that they see someone else doing something and they want to do the same thing that that person is doing. Yeah. Where I tell people all the time the the principles of achievement in life is a three-step process of be, do, and have. It starts with the being. So a lot of people jump in at the doing. Well, I want to do the same thing that you're doing. Well, you're not that person. So the first step is, who are you as a person? When you realize who you are as a person, then you can shape your actions around who you actually are or who you truly want to be as a person. Because we know there are a lot of people out there, maybe some listening to us right now, who are not doing what they really want to do. But they also may not even know exactly who they are as a person. So first of all, you got to get clear on who are you? Who are you at your core? If you didn't have to do anything, if you had all the money, what would you be doing? And base it around that. Doesn't mean necessarily that you would do that for a living, but base it around that person. Who is that individual at your core? And then shape your actions around that, because that's what really connects with people. The reason that people really connect with me, John, is because they can all tell that I'm being who I actually am as a person. And I Happened to be no lucky enough. I was born at a time that I came of age, right when this whole internet thing came about, and I could make a living doing being myself. So I was lucky in that sense. Had I been born 20 years earlier, who knows what have happened? And I was born 20 years later, I could have did it, but I wouldn't have been a pioneer. So it would have been a completely different thing. But the biggest thing with me is that I know exactly who I am as a person. I'm unapologetic about it, and that's what draws people to me. And at the same time, it pushes some people away, but that's the way it's supposed to be, right? The right people come in and the wrong people get out.
0: Yeah. So so let's talk a little bit about that because obviously you have developed a high level of confidence, a high level of self esteem. So, mm-hmm. so when, and that's obviously a big part of success, where does uh, humility fit in that?
1: You no, know, it's funny that people ask about that because I have a, a concept of confidence. I call it the super you. And that yeah. framework is about going to your highest possible level of confidence. So people say, well, Well, you don't want to be too confident, right? Because then you'll be cocky. You'll be arrogant and things like that. Well, here's what people have to understand, especially from the professional sports background. Showing up every day and doing the work, that discipline is the most humble thing you can possibly do. Because if you didn't think you needed to get better, you wouldn't be showing up doing the work every day. So because I show up and do the work every day, I earn my right to be confident. And if I lose that humility of showing up every day doing the work, now my performance will go down, as will my confidence, because I'm not doing the thing anymore. So that's where a lot of people get it misconstrued, where they, they see maybe certain athletes or certain people, and they say, well, that person's cocky, they're arrogant, they think they're this and they're that. Well, I'm like, well, let's take a step back. Are they showing up and doing the work? Have they earned their right to feel the way that they feel? Have they done the work? Have they put the time in? If the answer is yes, listen, they're the most humble person in the room. So sometimes the cockiest person, cockiest, quote unquote, person in the room is also the most humble person in the room because they've done the work. If you show up and do the work, you earn your right to be confident. And I think, know, some people the thing about being humble or cocky or arrogant or the way that people put those labels on you is really it's based on people's perception. You know, if you have a level of confidence that another person has cannot fathom because they never been there, then they put a negative label on you because they can't understand it. But if you've been there, then you know exactly how they got there. So, doing the work every day is the
0: most humble thing you can do. Yeah, and I, that's a beautiful answer. And I and I, I really wanted to I wanted you to uh, get that on the table because I think a lot of people do uh, misunderstand that idea of confidence mm-hmm. as as being like almost trying to overcome something, but some sh- something that's you're lacking. Exactly. And and you're right. The right. true sense of confidence comes from from trust and from as mm-hmm. you said. That you're not done. You're you're always getting better. I'm sure. I I can't imagine the competition level at a professional sports. I'm sure you're constantly looking over your shoulder, like who's coming next. Uh, if right. I don't keep going, like hey, you know, I, I got right. got come in here and I'll be out of a job. So tell me a little bit about your your coaching um, practice and and who like who makes an ideal uh, coaching client for you.
1: Ideal coaching client for me is a small business owner with three to ten employees. It's a person whose business is somewhere around the anywhere from 300,000 to a million dollars a year as far as their company goes. Sometimes they have business partners and they come to me because they're looking for someone who is not the traditional coach. I am not the traditional coach. I come from the sports background. No, I built my my business background is not any anything traditional. This whole Web thing is pretty new. And they're looking for someone who comes from a, a different path, off the beaten path, has a different approach probably doesn't sound or look like the normal person that they're used to talking to. And they want that. They want something different. Somebody who's going to come to them and be real. Somebody who's going to be direct. Somebody who's going to tell them exactly what it is exactly where they stand and who's unapologetic about being himself because they want some of that to rub off on them. Like when people come to me, they're not really looking for coaching necessarily. They, they hire a coaching, they pay for coaching, what they're really looking for Jim are those really core feelings. They want to look in the mirror and know that they are being their true selves and they feel confident about it. And they are willing to project that out into the world and other people are responding to it. That's what people want when they come to me. And my job is to help them see themselves that way. That is what I do as a coach.
0: So Dre, tell people where they can find out <clears throat> more about your work and uh, obviously your products, services. You've got a podcast. Uh, you've got, I don't know, a couple bucket loads of videos. Uh, so <laughs> so uh, yeah.
1: we'll
0: share where people can find out and connect with you.
1: All right, well, I'm on every platform online. I have a website. My website is dreallday.com, but I'm on all the social media platforms. So if you like LinkedIn to Instagram to Twitter, I'm on all of those. Only thing I'm not on is TikTok. So if you're on TikTok, you won't find me there. Unless somebody uploaded one of my videos, which they probably have, But I do have a book that people can get for free if they just cover the shipping. Can I share that, John? Yeah, absolutely. John, I'm sorry. Yeah, so that book is called The Mirror of Motivation. is the self-guide to self-discipline. I know we're just audio, so I won't hold it up to the camera. But <laughs> that book, the reason why I have people start with that book, and I give them the book for free. All they do is cover the shipping, and that just helps us cover the costs. The reason people get that book is because most people, as we talked about, They have goals. If you listen to this, you have goals and you realize you understand you can't get something for nothing. You had to do some work to get to your outcomes. So most people spend their whole lives doing a whole lot of hard work trying to reach their goals. The problem is many of them fail. The reason why that happens is because most people never ask themselves the question that comes before. What do I do? It is who do I need to be? What type of person do I need to be? How do who do I want to see when I look in the mirror? What does my posture need to be? What kind of energy, what kind of aura do I need to approach life with? This book, The Mirror of Motivation, is not going to tell you who to be because that wouldn't make any sense. I can't tell you who to be. This book is going to hold the mirror up to you. That's why it's called The Mirror of Motivation, so that you can answer that question for yourself who you need to be. Then you go do the hard work, and then you get the results. So that's, again, the be, the do, and the have. You get the book for free. Just cover shipping for us. That's at mirrorofmotivation.com. mirrorofmotivation.com.
0: And we'll have the, <clears throat> those links in the show notes as well. So you mentioned oh, great, that we, you. you and I are looking at each other in video, but obviously uh, those out there listening can't tell that. But I will have to say, how do I get up my hands on one of those hats? That is a sharp looking hat.
1: Oh, yeah. Workonyourgame.com, if you couldn't guess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, Dre, Hey, it was great spending time with you. And uh, next time I'm in Miami Beach, I'll, I'll, I'll look you up when we're back out there doing that thing in real life again.
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, Miami Beach is open, so you can come down here anytime. No? <laughs> awesome (laughs) great
0: all right that wraps up another episode of the duct tape marketing podcast i want to thank you so much for tuning in feel free to share this show feel free to give us reviews you know we love those things also did you know that we had created training marketing training for your team if you've got employees if you've got a staff member that wants to learn a marketing system how to install that marketing system in your business Check it out. It's called the Certified Marketing Manager Program from Duct Tape Marketing. You can find it at ducttapemarketing.com and just scroll down a little and find that tab that says training for your team.